Welcome, my doers, dreamers, and creators. You're listening to My Work in Progress. I'm Heidi Vega, and on today's episode, we're going to dive into conspiracy theories and conspiracy theorists. Now, I'm not going to be talking about any conspiracy theory in particular, um, other than to give an example, possibly, but I'm actually talking about conspiracy theories as a whole and the theorists that are sometimes behind them. Um, I think that, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but I've seen a rise in conspiracy theorists um, and how it's kind of almost become synonymous with, it, it could be its own political party at this point, it could be its own religion at this point. I think it's definitely carrying more weight now in the world than ever before. And I think obviously it has something to do with the fact that we're in the information age. The spreading of information is so easy because we're living in a digital world where um, information is so easily spread and you can create documentaries, quote unquote documentaries, um, that look super legit and look verified and and vetted uh, when actuality they may not be, right? And um, I think we've also seen because of the information age um, and just because of, you know, the internet that we have discovered that there have been legit conspiracies against uh, certain people or conspiracy uh, um, lies that have been hidden from the public eye that have come to the forefront and now we're aware of them. And I think it causes a bit of a mistrust (laughs) in public figures and government and entities of of high value in society of businesses and and what have you. So I think it's going to be a fun episode, um, interesting episode. And I do have some takeaways for this episode that apply on a larger scale, not just if you're dealing with conspiracy theorists, not if you're just dealing with that kind of subject, but but really this kind of represents a lot of what's going on in our country and in the world at large. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I'm really excited for it. Uh, if this is your first time listening, welcome to My Work in Progress, the podcast. This podcast, as I said, has is, is is really founded upon believing that being a work in progress um, is something of value and something to own and not to feel uh, down by. You know, a lot of people think like, so I'm never going to be just happy and not have to do anything for that happiness. Or like you'll reach a certain goal and from there on life will be easy or there won't be any more trouble. And the truth is, as you go up the ladder of success, uh, whatever that means for you, you're going to find new challenges that actually are harder than the ones, previous ones that you've you've come across maybe. Um, and your problems and the issues and, and the troubleshooting never stops. It is a constant um it's a constant move forward and that is not something to avoid nor to like actively always be seeking out. It's just kind of the way life goes and on this podcast I really dedicate myself to exploring topics that involve personal growth, involve not only personal growth but societal growth. I think we get caught up in like the self-help mindset of like all about me, me, me. (laughs) And even when you're talking about subjects for other people um, or for the 
you know, to help other people, it, it always comes back to yourself. And I think that personal growth really should be in conjunction with societal growth and growth within the community and your relationships. And I think that's where you see a lot of um, happiness derived from, from your relationships, not just your own relationship with yourself. So thank you guys so much for listening. And I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already and review this podcast from wherever you're listening from. All right, guys, conspiracy theorists and you, (laughs) you've most likely met someone who is a conspiracy theorist who's believes um, maybe that Donald Trump is here to save everybody from the elite. Um, And you might think like, oh, that's a Republican ideal or that's a certain um, political party association. But actually, no, that is um, rooted in conspiracy theories about how the world works and uh, who the elite are and kind of this fight between good and evil. A lot of conspiracy theories I've realized are um, very similar to what in olden days were the stories that the Romans and the Greeks would say uh, or would tell about the gods and how they had this like never ending fight to basically rule, you know, to be on top. And some you'd win some and lose lose some. And it's it's very similar. And I think um in years, maybe decades uh from now, we there are people who are gonna look back and see conspiracy theories the way we see those stories of Greek mythology. Um they're very much trying to make sense of a crazy uh world and things that maybe don't have answers. Uh, questions that don't have uh, exact answers. So um, what qualifies as a conspiracy theory is really just, you know, a theory that some one or some group is conspiring and therefore lying and manipulating the maybe general public. Um, For the most part, it's always the general public. Um, And it's, these conspiracy theories sometimes are coping mechanisms to help handle the uncertainty of life much like religion does much like how any kind of um, (laughs) any kind of group (laughs) uh, that that is centered around certain beliefs does it 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 tries to make sense of the world and um it's a, it's a bit of a coping mechanism. Sometimes it's just trying to make sense of the world around you. Um, and it's crazy because conspiracy theories are amazing in that their ability to connect dots that no matter how far away these dots or un, <laughs> they're not related, you know, unrelated dots are, um, they find a way to connect them. Uh, and it's, it's a source for us as human species of something very powerful that we're able to do that no other species on earth is really able to do, which is to create ideas, to create stories, um, and tell these stories about why the world works the way it does. 
And even if there's no um, nothing in front of you that is telling you that same thing, it's it's our ability to make stuff up. And I think much like I had said, you know, Greek mythologies are way are a powerful tool that we use at that time to try to make sense of the world. And likewise, conspiracy theories um, are interesting in that they're able to do that too. The difference being that um, conspiracy theories are not all untrue and that's what makes them so powerful right because it's we are untrusting and feel very much powerless um in today's society i think we've always as a human species have felt somewhat powerless um when we don't have some kind of structure that tells us why the world is working the way it does And the thing is, it stems from a reasonable doubt. I mean, conspiracy theories um, start off with good critical thinking. It's the ability to not just say yes to whatever is presented to you, but say, how do I know that this is true? How do I know that you're not all lying to me? And it's a good start. You know, it's a a critical thinker thinks in that manner. They don't just accept it, but they question it. And conspiracies are have always been a very real part of our past our present and will be part of our future um and and it's because our our species is exactly able to think of um complex ways to fool and manipulate a group of people and that has always been the case for the species um so at the end of the day, being a conspiracy theory a theorist and believing in a, a certain conspiracy theory, uh, it feels like you're a part of something special and that you know the truth. You're, you're part of a group that's aware and awake of what the truth is, and the rest of everyone is just sleeping. It's a very Matrix kind of, Matrix X-esque uh, kind of storyline, right, that we that we want to be a part of. Um, conspiracy theories are also unique in that they must have the fooled, so the people who are playing the sheep, and those, and then they have this, they have these people who have like kind of ventured outside of the matrix and have taken the red pill, so to speak. So that's what makes conspiracy theories different from, let's say, Greek mythology. Because at the end of the day, even Greek mythology, it wasn't so much that, like, if you didn't believe in it, sure, you were maybe a fool because then the gods would be responsible in in smiting you or feeling a certain way about you. But even then, it wasn't that deep. So at, at the end of the day, it's conspiracy theories are, are really unique in that there's no conversation where you can talk about conspiracy theories and not feel like there is um, a conversation to be had with two people of equal nature, of equal stature, of equal knowledge. At the end of the day, you're you're arguing facts or quote unquote facts. You're arguing statistics. You're arguing events. You know what I mean. And there is always the fool and the person who knows better. Um, and there's always been that, but this is, goes much deeper because it's it's the idea that you are being fooled, that there is a bigger story 
playing out and only you all you know what that story really is and then there's the people who are sleeping like I said it's very matrix in, in nature right the movie matrix so no matter what at the end of the day any evidence presented is going to be easily dismissed as propaganda from both sides um, but especially if you're presenting facts that are you know uh, largely accepted that makes you the fool because anything that is massively accepted uh, is seen as something to doubt and something that is not massively accepted seen as something to believe in as far as being a conspiracy theorist. Now, the idea isn't to dismiss people who are conspiracy theorists or who bring up a conspiracy theory. Uh, dismissing them and their ideas is not necessarily the answer. If you want to get in a conversation with somebody, a loved one maybe, and that's really usually the only person you'd want to have that kind of conversation with, especially if you feel like their choices, whether it's voting or whether it's deciding to be vocal about a certain cause, um, is rooted in a conspiracy theory, you are more likely to want to talk to them because you're like, why why? <laughs> because their choice at that point, they're coming from maybe what you would say is, is not a, a good place. And maybe because they're sharing that information and it makes you uncomfortable. So dismissing them is definitely not the answer. Um, asking questions, but you have to be prepared for this. Asking questions is definitely helpful. Not so that you can necessarily believe exactly what they believe, but it helps you get their viewpoint. It helps you understand where this may be, the misinformation is coming from, where the doubt is coming from. And sometimes, and most times, it won't make any sense to you. Um, it's not about agreeing to what they say. It's about agreeing to disagree at the end of the day. And I think there's something very beautiful and that we forsake in the society about agreeing to disagree allowing people to have different opinions and not casting them as bad people for having differing opinions. Now there's a difference obviously between that and bigotry and racism and ideas and opinions that uh, cause other people harm. But there is, you know, theory, people who are conspiracy theorists that don't involve putting another race or ethnicity, or people down. Now, as uh, Yuval Noah Harari wrote in Sapiens, A Brief History of Humankind, it's a really great book. I recommend it if you haven't read it. Um, he says, how do you cause people to believe in an imagined order, such as Christianity, democracy, or capitalism? First, you never admit that the order is imagined. And if you are Christian or believe in democracy or believe in capitalism, um, that's not to be taken offensively. It's really just, it takes you having to step outside for a moment and recognize that these institutions are not something that are inherent. They don't have to necessarily exist. They became into existence, um, existence in our minds and remain existent because we have agreed to keep it remaining existent in our minds. It is not something you can concretely say is real or is a fact. Um, 
and they're imagined. They're imagined <laughs> rules of order. So just like that, these conspiracy theories would not survive without enough people agreeing that it is real, just like the opposite may be true. And whatever that conspiracy theory is going against is actually not necessarily something true, but imagined. And we all have come to the consensus that is real. And you never say that it's imagined or it would break apart. So this these conspiracy theories, especially nowadays, um, hold so much more weight because people have decided that it's not about it's not a theory. <laughs> like it, I, I have a trouble with the with the term now because people don't treat them as theories. Conspiracy theorists don't even treat them as theories. They treat them as facts, and that's why they go on spreading them. Um, and and you know, a lot of other people feel very certain in their quote unquote theory, which a theory is supposed to be something that's like. An, an explanation for why something works or does what it does, um, but it's not proven. And yet uh, a lot of people who believe in conspiracy theories um, believe that it's, that it is proven that they're the document, that the person they saw talking on YouTube about it is vetted and knows what he's talking about. And there, there's the proof you need. And from here, I want to take a little detour on our conversation if you'll join me. And we're going to stop by a little place I like to call your internet bubble. <laughs> um, I'm not the first one to have coined that, obviously. Uh, internet bubble really refers to that you may get on online and find that um, you are surrounded by all the information that has agreed with you for the longest time, um, that you have decided as the truth. And you'll just keep getting more of that. You'll just keep getting more of the things you like, the things that uh, you comment on, post about. Uh, you'll just get that right back. Um, the food you like to eat, the, the things you like to watch, the clothes you like to wear, it's all being presented to you online. Uh, whether it's because you shopped online before, because you watch Netflix, because you like certain things on social media. You live in an internet bubble. So when you're looking through YouTube, let's say you've watched a lot of videos on conspiracy theories, you'll find that more conspiracy theories pop up. And a lot of them have to do or relate to the ones you've already watched. So we live in, in a world where, um, well, really, we we interact in a, in online in a, in a world where um, you're just given what you've already wanted in the past. So it kind of just reinforces you to stay that way and reinforces you to stay who you are and what you are. And once in a while, you'll get a few things that are out, out of the algorithm that's like, hey, let's just throw in a, a wrench in there and see if it sticks. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it does. Sometimes you'll start going down that rabbit hole. Either way, my point being that we need to be so much more conscious of this um, and realize that this doesn't just go for conspiracy theories. This goes just for, for beliefs in general, for ideas in general. You will not learn or be grow in the same space and staying comfortable. You have to grow out of adversity. You grow out of being uncomfortable. And for that reason, we have to allow ourselves to kind of venture off from what we're used to 
um, especially when we're trying to understand other people. I think that it's easy to surround yourself with the same people that think just like you do online. And that's easy and it's comfortable and it's reassuring. But at the end of the day, it is not, when you walk outside, that's not what you're going to get. You're going to get people who don't necessarily agree with you. You're going to work with people who don't agree with you. You're going to meet and party with people who don't agree with you. And the most healthy thing that you can do is learn what it's like to be around that, to hear those kind of conversations of people who may just have differing opinions as you. And again, I'm not talking about bigotry. I'm not talking about racism. I'm not talking about people who genuinely have an ill will towards you. Um, it's simply based off the color of your skin or where you come from. I'm talking about just differing opinions on policies, um, even even if you would regard it as like, oh, well, this policy is to end racism, and the other person's like, I don't see why it's racist. That's a differing opinion from you, and that's something that we take for granted that we can online just shut those people out and keep to ourselves. Um but I don't think it's healthy, and I think it's what causes so much divide in this country of not being able to accept that people think differently from you. So now that we've gone and taken that detour, let's get back onto conspiracy theories. Um, conspiracy theory relies on matter of factness. It's it's just as you know reality does. It relies on things being kind of more matter of fact than just theory in order for it to be as popular and as motivating as it is for people to make vote, voting decisions. I remember growing up, I don't know if, if, if there are millennials in here listening, which I think actually a majority of my, my audience are millennials, um, they'll, you can attest to the fact that when you were younger, you've heard conspiracy theories before to try to, and, and now that I think back to them, they were trying to make sense of the world. Um, 9-11, for example, there was tons of conspiracy theories uh, revolving 9-11. And I think 9-11 was a big deal that caused us to be more inquisitive and critical thinking because we were trying to make sense of it right? Um, same thing I think might go, and, and this is just a theory of mine, so I'm not going to present them as, as facts, but I know there's a lot of Illuminati and those kind of theories that popped up a lot when I was younger, um, surrounding Jay-Z, Beyonce. Um, a lot of them were hip-hop artists. I didn't see a lot of theories about country singers. I didn't see a lot of theories about to be honest, anybody but black successful artists. And to me, there's a probability that, yeah, there's probably, you know, um, there's probably people who kind of in a cult type of way get together that are in high places. Um, I'm sure that that's a possibility. And the thing to me is that I thought it was interesting how it seemed to be mainly a lot of black people who were celebrities and famous that got categorized into this Illuminati group. And I'm starting to think that maybe it was a lot of possibly racist people who were trying to make sense of why these people were rich and famous and why they rose to the places they are at and trying to make sense of that 
um, if you are racist or you are prejudiced against people of color, then you may attribute something negative like, you know, Illuminati, like um, a cult that that is involved in, uh, I forget, like sacrifices and things like that. Um, and that pledge to the devil himself and stuff like that. I'm not, I'm obviously not saying this as a fact. I'm saying this as a theory of why maybe the Illuminati theory tends to uh, point more towards African-American artists and singers and uh, rappers and yeah, just in general. Um, but that's just obviously a theory. And see, nowadays, a conspiracy theory isn't as simple. And it's something larger scale. And it's something that people genuinely believe in with so much with all of them, you know, that they end up um, basing themselves on it when it comes to voting, when it comes to all types of issues, when they see something happen, um, maybe injustice and things that are unjust, things that are are a call for um, human rights, they'll ignore it because they think that it's just part of a bigger show. And that's concerning. That's the concerning part, I think, about conspiracy theories right now, because they've always existed. But nowadays, it feels like you can create a conspiracy theory about almost anything in order to get people not to participate and not to do what's for the greater good um, and to kind of ignore the bad. And it's it's kind of um, unsettling sometimes. So really, you have to keep yourself from falling victim in becoming a talking puppet for the mass media and for conspiracy theories, theorists. I mean, you don't want to just regurgitate what you hear. And I think that goes for both sides. I think people think that like, oh, all conspiracy theories are fake and all what mass media tells you is true. Like, no, things are not that black and white. Um, things are very much complex and there's definitely conspiracy theories that hold weight and that could be true and that people could be trying to cover up because they are true. And there's plenty of conspiracy theories that hold no weight and are just kind of oh, just so completely flawed. Um, so we have to be careful both ways. And I think the best way to understand is that they're both being a talking puppet and, and believing so hard, wholeheartedly in a conspiracy theory and or um, something that the mass media is trying to push out there. Uh, it's, it's driven by fear to hold on to those because they make sense to you. They make you feel like the world makes sense. And when you hold on to them for those purposes, when people contradict them, it almost, you feel like it's a personal attack on your person. It, it, it feels much more personal because you've made it so. You've made it part of your identity. Um, so you have to be willing to pop your internet bubble, of course. You have to practice listening. It, popping your internet bubble really just means practicing to listen, read, um, and watch, you know, ideas that differ from your own. And don't do this by going to the least reputable or most extreme person on the other side. It means going to reputable sources within the community that are uplifted by the community, that aren't extreme, that aren't labeled extremist for the most part. Most of the reputable sources that majority of that subset of group of people believe in 
tend to be somebody who's actually towards the middle and isn't so extreme in their ideas. And actually, a lot of people listen to that. But then all you see maybe on the news or maybe all you see on that YouTube channel that's supposed to, you know, be red pill material. Maybe it's, uh, you know, it's what they say is the other side, you know, because it helps them if they use someone extreme from the other side to label everyone on that side, you know, this is what they believe. When it's very hardly the truth. Most people are actually towards the middle. It's just really watching, being on the internet, watching TV, it's all about going for the extreme. And that's what catches attention, catches viewers, catches likes, catches, you know, uh, the attention of of the majority of people when (laughs) the majority of people are are kind of moderate. So at the end of the day, you don't have to agree with everything that you watch, read, uh, when you do pop that bubble. And honestly, in the beginning, it's very frustrating. I remember when I first started doing that, it would give me headaches sometimes (laughs) because uh, I didn't agree with everything. So it was just like hard for me to sit there and watch while I hear somebody saying something that I feel is so untrue. But by forcing myself to watch those things, not all the time, but from time to time and taking my time with it, um, I became much more equipped to listen to differing ideas and make peace with them and then not take that and say, oh, you're all bad or all good. This isn't Disney. There's no villain that's just a villain because they are and a, and a hero who's just a hero without any backstory, without without flaw. At the end of the day, um, you have to be able to think critically, but remind yourself that you are not an expert usually in any of the things that you're watching. Um, and maybe the person talking isn't an expert. You have to be able to check your sources, of course. But understand that you're no expert. So you can think critically all you want. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, you're know you not maybe the scientist. You're not the doctor. And it may feel like that makes you lo- a lot less out of control or a lot less like, why am I watching it then if I'm not going to be able to have an opinion of my own? You can have an opinion. But please be understanding that your opinion is your opinion. It is not fact. Even if the person you're watching is assuming or preaching that they are, you know, if anyone preaches that they're all fact knowing and that what they're saying can't be refuted, um, they must not know their history. (laughs) Because we've been wrong so many times before that you can never 100% certain with certainty say like, yeah, I'm 100% certain on this. Like you have to be, you have to be willing to be humble. And which is, brings me to my next one is be humble and sit the fuck down. (laughs) No, it's be humble and be kind. Be humble. Understand that you are flawed, that we are all flawed human beings, that we're not perfect, that we don't know it all, that if history has taught us anything is that we can change society, um, you know, in a decade and almost seem unrecognizable in the way we think and that you can't hold so dearly on to these conspiracy theories or to whatever you find to be massively accepted as the truth. You have to be able to understand that there's 
then nothing is necessarily for certain other than nothing is for certain. And that's for certain. (laughs) So it's okay to change your mind. It's okay to be uncomfortable. It's okay to disagree. It's okay to not know and to make peace with the fact that you may never know. And I think that was one of the things that religion and a lot of people you're seeing now, they label themselves as spiritual. And the reason being that they didn't, they no longer felt the need to cling to knowing exactly who or what or where we necessarily come from, how how everything happened, whether or not they believe in a higher power or not. I think that's why we moved a bit away from religion. But now we're trying to replace with a new religion of conspiracy theories, of information, of making facts and statistics the new gods. That's not that's not the point. You know, you you have to make peace with the fact that you may never know. Science cannot be our new religion, you know, and, and it is a religion in some ways, but it you it once you tie yourself to that, you're kind of you no longer have the freedom to think differently, to oppose that in the future. Cause you've stuck yourself to that as a, as a personality trait, as a, as a, who you are instead of what you may believe in the moment. So I'm going to leave you guys with, um, one more quote. Um, it's by the same man, Yuval Noah Harari, but this is actually from a book called 21 lessons for the 21st century. And he says, um, Questions you cannot answer are usually far better for you than answers you cannot question. So I'm going to leave you guys with that. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I really enjoyed recording it for you guys. I think this is a topic that could be explored so much more. And um, I really enjoyed making it. So (laughs) I hope you guys enjoyed listening. So go ahead, review this podcast from wherever you're listening from. Subscribe. I'm going to tell you again. Yes, subscribe if you haven't already. Check out my website if you guys want to see the show notes for today's episode at www.myworkinprogress.net. I'm still considering creating GoFundMe so that I can change and buy out my old domain with the .com at the end. Uh, I still haven't decided yet. But I hope you guys really did enjoy today's episode. Um, And as always, don't forget to be unapologetically a work in progress.